All right, it is Monday on Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand, Patrick Royce with me here as usual. Patrick, it's been an eventful weekend, eventful May already. The Twins are winning a lot. We'll get to that in a little bit. Got to get to the horse race. Um, unbelievable upset in the Kentucky Kentucky Derby on uh, on Saturday. Probably talk a little Lynx basketball too. They start 0 2 this year. Um, look, mi- missing some players and, you know, not looking so great so far. We got to start with the Wild Patrick because that series now 2 2 after, you know, the win Friday and then the loss on Sunday coming back here Tuesday for again a, you know, pivotal game five at home here. Series tied 2 2. Um, I guess the, the first point I want to make. Patrick is Mark Andre Fleury. It's just an interesting goalie to watch, and it seems like Dean Evison's got all the confidence in the world in him, and justifiably so because of the background, the pedigree, the, the, the Stanley Cup playoff success. But he seems like the kind of goalie that would drive a coach crazy, and yet he's the one that they want in there right now. Yeah, it is interesting. He does run around, doesn't he, for a 37-year-old? I don't know if he's as athletic as he used to be, but uh, he'll go places, that's for sure. And uh, he slides here and there and everywhere. And uh, I think they really missed a big chance because uh, one of these days St. Louis might actually have their defense, and that would be uh, make it a little difficult what they missed in three guys like yesterday. Uh, they've been missing three of their – there are six starters and two of their best ones. And uh, they had the, you know, they had the big opportunity after kind of whipping them on uh, in game three, when they went back to St. Louis and uh, you know, that was a pretty stout effort by uh, St. Louis considering who they had on the, on the, on the ice yesterday that Pranovich from uh, Duluth finally came back from uh, being hurt. And uh, I just said on Twitter that uh, he, he, uh, he kind of uh, confirmed my theory on, or my my standard for watching hockey when I saw him the first time at Duluth, because I don't exactly break down these guys, right? So right. I watch first period, and I turn to the guy next to me and say, "Who's this son of a bleep? <laughs> He's good." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> If you catch my eye, you're a pretty good player. And he was he was one of those players. There. And he ended up winning the Hobie, right? Didn't he? I think he did. I think that's but, right, yeah. Yeah, but they brought him they brought him in. He'd been out for a while and uh, they brought him in and he played pretty good for him yesterday. So yeah, I uh, I predicted when they went out to St. Louis, they'd come home two two and the winner of game five will win the series. I'm saying that right now. Uh, if you lose game five at home. You never go on a road and win game six, although the Wild, the Wild, when they made the run in 03, they were down 3-1 both times, and so they won game five at home and game six on the road. But uh, if, you, if you lose game five at home, you never win game six on a road. But if you win game five, then you're going to win the series, and when, when especially when you're coming back home once. So uh, the, the, the Wild, the, I think, I think we de- I think we get the winner of the series, whoever wins game five. That's my theory. Well, yeah, that seems, I mean, mathematically it makes sense because then you just need the one more in the next two games. I'm sure the, yeah. I don't know what the numbers say, but I bet it's up around 70, 75% that whoever wins game five win- wins the series as well. I mean, it, it's been an interesting series because until 
Sunday's game, it was basically three pretty lopsided games. I mean, there was still some tension in some of those games. I'd say game two had a decent amount of tension just because, you know, it felt like the wild wasn't in control, even when they were, you know, building that big, you know, four, one lead into the third period, St. Louis was playing pretty well, but, you know, we finally had one on Sunday. That was a little bit more, you know, back and forth. It was three, two in the third period. And I got to think we're going to have more of that in, you know, five, six, and seven. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these teams are just, you know, the way it goes, they get momentum and then one team just ends up having the, the major upper hand. But <clears throat> I really thought this series would be, it's been a close series, but the games themselves have not been that close. And that's been a little bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, it's it's weird, though. But if you look around the league there at this point, we have four uh, series that have gone through four games. They're all 2-2. Two, two, and there's been some beatings. on each, You know, like Edmonton uh, yeah. blew out the Kings. And then they come back and get beat last night 4 nothing. And uh, there's been a lot of that going on. And I, I, I'm not sure what the, the momentum thing is uh, on a nightly basis. That has made some for some really weird scores when you uh, see with that Toronto-Tampa series, that Toronto beats the heck out of them, and then they turn around and get beat the next game. So uh, it, it's the, the, the great advantage of the NHL is parity over, uh, over the NBA because it's – you know, as I've always said, you're playing the three. You, yes. you got a of a, you got a lot better chance to have a, a nip and tuck game that goes the other way than if you're playing to 120. <laughs> so yes. it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's so much, so much of goal scoring in the NHL is random too. It's, I mean, it's just all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, 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 the puck bounces off three people and goes in and it's a it's a weird game and uh it's uh you know a lot of it is completely unpredictable depends upon whether the goalies decided to have a good day i mean the wild when they got beat by this team by five in five games it looked like a blowout but the, they pretty much dominated three or four games and jake allen stopped everything now they, yes now they had to switch goalies again back to bennington which I had no idea until I read about it uh, this morning that he had lost nine straight playoff yeah. games. Unbelievable. Since he won the Stanley Cup for them. I know. Amazing. It's a weird sport. <clears throat> no doubt about it. We all think we we all think we know what's going to happen. But in hockey, we probably know less than in any other sport because of the nature of the game and how close it is. And But uh, we do know one thing. The Ruski's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> five yeah, goals. Yeah, five goals in the first uh in the first four playoff games that'll work. He had the hat trick the other night. He had, you know, he's had I think a goal in each of the last two games as well after getting shut out in game 1. Yeah, he's he's in it for the long haul, man. He looks pretty good. He's uh yeah, they have never had a superstar here. As good as they've, you know, oh. as, as as decent as they've been, as much as they made the playoffs, as much as they as much money as they threw it. Parisi and Suter, as much as Gabarik was good, uh, this guy is their first superstar. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Well, how many? They've only won, what, four playoff series? Yes, four playoff series. 
two the first year, and then two two in this century. I mean, two and uh, two two in this uh, two in the last ten years. Yeah, because they had the two under. You know, I think this back to back years where they won in the first round, and both those times were upsets more or less. They were you know yeah. six seed, seven seed, and end up winning. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing uh, marathon, and uh, right now it's it's just, if you're really a hardcore fan, it's you really don't have time to catch your breath, right? I mean, it's, no, there's no 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 of those two day gaps, man. Okay, we won today, now we got to win again tomorrow. You yeah, know? pretty much. Yeah, wake up in the morning like, well, let's go get him again tomorrow. You wake up in the morning and uh, you got to go play him again the next day. It's uh, it's. Uh, it's a quite a uh, drama if you're really uh, fully involved in it. That's for sure. You know, my favorite um, trend in the league is, by the way, aside from <clears throat> aside from the fact that they pulled the goalie kind of no matter what they, you know, they pull them with what the wild yeah. pulled them with. Well, St. Louis pulled their goalie with like eight minutes left the other day, trying to get you know, <laughs> down from three. They were three now and they pulled them with like eight minutes left and the wild pulled flurry with a couple minutes left yesterday they're trying to get him off even earlier but my favorite trend is they'll just shoot the puck at the open net from way down the other end yes. it's like it, it's it's worth the icing um you get a stoppage either way it's worth the icing to just try to finish the game right that i feel like back you know a generation ago the the play was chip it out get it to the neutral yep. zone and reset now they just shoot it at the shoot it at the net brodine banged one in the other night with about eight minutes left just shot it right down like five seconds after they pulled the goalie and st louis did it right back to him last night yeah yeah it is uh it is weird that it that's a big change i've noticed too because uh well and the other thing was i i everson like had a couple of games in a row the winter classic and a game right before that he pulled them with eight nine minutes to go when they were three down and a couple of times they got two goals to to make it close and then they gave one up but uh yeah that's something was i mean you never nobody ever pulled a goalie they were three goals down if they were going to pull a goalie they waited until there were two minutes left i don't know what they thought that was going to accomplish but uh but you're right that, that is a big change and i i've really noticed that, that oh man some of those old coaches would have gone nuts if you were giving them the icy down at your hand right to, uh, to shoot some 160 foot shot that had a 20% chance of going in the net. So yeah, that is a, that is a weird change, but, uh, they, uh, the, 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 the fans were all over Dumba today. I noticed last night. And then today on Twitter, we're down on Dumba. Huh? He's the one that people like to, to blame sometimes because you know, his game is a little inconsistent and loose is maybe a good word to describe it sometimes. Cause he, you know, he's a little bit of a, a risk taker, Sometimes, but you know, people sure complain about a guy that's awfully good um, in that <laughs> regard. But you know, it's it's also interesting because he's you know <clears throat> he could be the one that is expendable this off season too if they yeah. decide they've got to keep Fiala. So yeah, I I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm not enough of a hockey expert to uh, to pick out some of the nuances of why a defenseman is good or bad sometimes. But he he did look a little shaky yesterday. Hockey fans are great though. They get. They get on, they find that one guy. Yes, the, they the do. Hard, the real hardcores, they find that guy. I remember some of the gophers back in the day, you know, when we had a big gopher fan base here and it was a big emotional connection here and they'd get on somebody, man, and they just beat him to death. And then you had Dubay on the radio. Yeah. 
uh, he, he'd have his victim and he'd talk about go for hockey. Like the whole town, uh, was, and he'd pick out this guy and they'd all be down to him. I think one of the guys they got on back in the day was Blake Wheeler was, they were beating up Blake Wheeler. Who's only had a 15 year career <laughs> and only scored like the, one of the best goals in program history when he beat <laughs> North Dakota in the final five, right. With the sliding diving bat end goal. Yeah, but they, uh, yeah, they are funny. The hockey fans, they get out, they get on this guy, and then they all get on this guy. And of course, we get to see even more of that in the social media era. That was, but this was before social media. They pick out yes. that guy, beat him bloody. Maybe, and, uh, maybe the problem with the Wild now is they're too good. Like who, uh, who are you going to pick on? Like Victor Rask is gone. Like what? Who, who else are you going to yeah, get? We can't get on Victor anymore. Yeah. No. It's, well, I, as I said, right now, in the last couple of games, it's been last while, a little while here, it's been Dumbo, maybe because they know he's leaving. So yeah. they figure you get on him. Get the shots in what he can. Oh, I mean, the Vikings were up and down with them. And, you know, I've always said about the Viking fan base, the huge as it is, it's a more optimistic fan base now than those of us who come up from the uh, four Super Bowl loss era where we're fatalists, right? Yes. But the, Get this up. We got this optimistic fan base, but no, there's never been a fan base in the Twin Cities to compare with the Wild as far as uh, support and positive and uh, you know making excuses. And we they, they get very little criticism. You know they can get beat six to one and they're going home and they don't get any booze and they uh, the mom and dad and the two kids are driving back to Woodbury. Right. And, great time they had they got they got a fantastic audience there's it, it, it's so much i mean you you see some of this nostalgic stuff about the north stars once in a while no comparison to the no. support no no, no way yeah i mean the north stars basically went broke twice <laughs> and uh, and these guys are you know just selling the, the last what the last month of the season every crowd was way over 18 so right it's uh, it's uh, it's an amazing fan base, and they deserve a little success here, don't they? Yeah, People I mean, it's talk just... about the Wolves fans. You deserving some success now. They've had a long drought, but they don't deserve. They don't. You know, we about three years ago they had the worst attendance in the league. So uh, it's not like they're a, this. They got this big loyal fan base like the Wild does. Well, and they deserve to see some win. They deserve to see some winning playoff hockey here. I think I when yes. I after they after they lost game one, I think I looked at the numbers and the Wolves and the Wild like playoff winning percentage was almost identical, and it was like three fifty. It was terrible. Like the Wild, after they lost game one, were like thirty and fifty five in the playoffs all time. And obviously, it's gotten a little bit better with you know a couple wins since then. But you know, you take throw out the throughout the year they made the run when they had eight wins it's been pretty brutal yeah it has it's uh you know this uh i, I always said they have not they really haven't gotten enough uh heat for their really if you consider it oh three the jumping off point right to where they're yeah. okay now they're competitive they haven't done much mm. they have not much and they you know this this is by far their best team they're playing a st louis team that's not doesn't have it, it is a lot more beat up than they are yes there's no excuse not to beat them i agree you got to go win game five and win this series and get yourself into the second round give yourself a chance because i mean this is a team like we've talked about that is built to make a deep run whether they do that or not like you've said is 
sometimes up to a little bit of randomness. But in a seven-game series, more often than not, the better team will prevail. It just takes some time sometimes. So they, they've got to show it. In, they got to show it in game five. Meanwhile, Colorado can sweep Nashville tonight, and uh, they'll be waiting around for a week to fly, play the winner of this thing. And at yes. this time of year, with this tight schedule, that's uh, that's a big advantage. That's uh, for sure. That I don't know if they're banged up at all, but if they win tonight, they're going to have themselves a, a week to get ready for the next round. So that's an advantage too. Patrick, I had all sorts of jokes early in the year about the Twins um, not making the playoffs, not looking like it was going to be joining the Wolves and Wild, and they're 18 and 11 now after that four and eight start. So some quick math tells me 14 and three since that start. Um, we talk a lot about the starters, Patrick. The bullpen now has the sixth best ERA in the majors among the bullpen. And that was kind of what got it done for him on Sunday after the, after the short start from Chris Paddock. I think a bunch of relievers must have gone six-plus innings without giving up a run when they beat Oakland 4-3. to three. Um, It's kind of a different thing every night. They're winning close. They're winning big. Um, still don't understand it sometimes because it doesn't feel like the the sum of all these parts equals 18-11. But, man, they keep winning. Well, we'll find out Tuesday. Uh, Houston's coming to town and if yeah. they swing, if they swing the bats against Houston, like they did against, uh, Oakland, they will win no games because, uh, Oakland's team batting average 200. Is that what I saw? 200, right? The whole, and, all of baseball is not hitting. It's unbelievable. Uh, don't worry about Houston. They're, uh, they'll come in here and uh, put a whopping on you. If you, if you swing the bats like they did, uh, against, uh, against, uh, uh, Oakland, Oakland, yeah, who's terrible, and Oakland's what nine in a row, right? Lost nine in a row. Coming yeah, they're not good this year. D three. So I, I'm when I see who they've beaten, I'm not getting terribly optimistic about them because uh, first now Paddock, you get you end up giving uh, Taylor Rogers uh, through Friday ten for ten on saves. Yeah, you give him up, and uh, you get this guy back who's got a history of elbow trouble. And now he's having and shoulder trouble. And now he's got, and you give him 6 million bucks in the, at the same time, he's got a blown up elbow. And this other guy will drive you insane. Amelia Pagan. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this guy is a train wreck. He's somehow yesterday. That was a neat save by his standards because it only took 28 pitches. Yes. <laughs> only, only two base, runners. only two base runners. His, his previous two saves, he had the bases loaded. He filled the bases, uh-huh. and he got to a three-two count with a one-run lead. And uh, in both those, this guy's a train wreck. You can't use him. He won't throw strikes. And when he does, they aren't that good at pitches. Uh, so they got to come up with somebody else to finish. I think Duffy, the way he's throwing the ball now, might be the guy. Although you kind of like him because of. If push comes to shove, he could give you two innings. But, uh, yeah, the bullpen has been getting them out. But I think the fact who they're getting out might have a lot more to do with it than uh, than any greatness, that's for sure. Durant, it was nice to see him bounce back with the two, uh, two-inning shutout, uh, two-inning save the other day. I mean, uh, I, the thing you got to like about that kid is not only does he throw 100, but he uh, has got the 
breaking pitch to go with it and uh, yes. sink everything. I mean, he's once he zeroes it in, if he can stay healthy, he might be the guy you want to close to because, you know, if he gets three days off because there's no close opportunity or four days off, that's okay. Let that arm rest, right? You know what yes. I'm saying? You don't need to, you know, if he's getting his work or not, you don't care because the less work he gets, probably the better you want it. So maybe just go that route. Don't bring me this guy in. This Tingler, what's he using? Tingler, this guy helped get you fired. And say, hey, <laughs> he, was pathetic. he was pathetic. He blew like 12 saves and you're giving him, you're running him out there. What's wrong with this guy? Bring it back. No other options. I'm just, you know, I'm looking at the stats just to to back up what you're saying here. Now Pagan's got four saves now, and to his credit, all four of those saves were one run saves. Uh, yes. You get a one run save, you've earned it. And the, and the first one was pretty clean. That was yes. um, April 21st against Kansas City. It was a one nothing win. They did give up a walk, but only nine pitches. I bet he got a double play in there somewhere because only nine pitches yes. and get, gave up a walk. But the next three. <laughs> Next three saves. 34 pitches. Yeah. Right? Next one was White Sox, a hit and two walks, 34 pitches. That was the one where he <laughs> that was the one where he uh he loaded the, the bases and gave, got the three two pitch, right? The ump gave him the three two pitch because yes. he wanted to go home. I mean, it was borderline. It wasn't it wasn't a egregious call, but it was it could have been ball four. So yeah, I was yeah. at that. Next I was Next outing was I a turned on him. I turned on him that night. He's got to do a whole lot of work to get me back on his side. So, next outing was a blown save against Detroit. It was just, you know, gave up one run and two thirds of an inning, but threw 23 pitches in that <laughs> game. Next one was a hold against Baltimore on May 2nd, where he threw 27 pitches in one inning, gave up a <laughs> walk, two strikeouts, and then save against the A's Friday night. A hit, two walks, 28 pitches. Save Sunday against the A's. A hit, a walk, 28 pitches. His last three saves were 28, 28, and 34 pitches in one inning. I compared him to Don Stanhouse, who used to be uh, Earl Weaver's closer, and the guy Earl called full pack because Earl was a chain smoker. (laughs) His nickname for him was full pack. That's great. and I was reading, I looked up some Stanhouse stuff. He once had a save that took 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. He once pitched a half. He had this big Harpo Marx red hairdo. You know, oh. he looked at clown and Don the Unusual, they call him. And uh, <laughs> Earl, this guy was, reminds me of, of, uh, of him because, you know, the stuff doesn't look great either. I mean, he doesn't throw it over enough to. No, he's I, got. Budget, but it's uh it's in, it's incredible what an adventure he's got now, he, uh, he's got 10 think? walks and eight and two-thirds innings this year but yeah. somehow zra is 2.08 well is uh the and the advertisement on him was he had a lot of strikeouts and he he didn't walk many but he gave up home runs last year he gave up like 16 home runs out of the bullpen or something so but this year he's not throwing strikes nibbling and, uh, yeah Wow. Anyway, away with it. Yeah. But it's uh, nice to come home. And uh, that was a, that was their Friday night. That was a pretty good ball game. But, uh, and, uh, you know, you got to get Buxton playing here now. What, yes. Uh, sore knee. We don't, we don't know which, which it is, knee, hip, whatever, whatever it is. 
know, he's, yeah, he just, he can't take three games out of every seven out. So you're, you're just, you're so much less of a team. I will say that Celestino, who looked like he had no business in the big leagues last year, right. at least you have a tolerable center fielder to play when Buxton's missing his time. Yeah, he's, he's a good fielder, too. Not in the same class, but he is a center fielder, which is Kepler wasn't, Jake Cave wasn't. This is the first backup center fielder, and they actually need one, and I think they're going to have to keep him around, don't you? Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if Buxton's going to be end, out this much, yeah. Yeah, when they end up going 13 uh, – position players they're gonna to have to keep them around i think now uh, it's gonna be interesting larna kirloff uh you know i don't know if they're gonna which if they can keep both of those guys if you're only gonna have a four-player bench but uh, uh i think celestino has to stick around because you never know when he's gonna come in and say he can't play today so and you see uh, the white Sox have started to play now they've won six in a row um they're back to 14 and 13. Now two teams above 500 in the AL Central, Cleveland, yeah. 14 and 14. It's feeling like a very uh, vintage AL Central with Kansas City at 9 and 16 and Detroit That's- at 8 and 19. Detroit was supposed to be a lot better, weren't they? Yeah, they did some stuff in the offseason, spent some money. How about the Red Sox? They're in the absolute tank. I bet they're getting beat up out in Boston because they, you know, last two years ago they were terrible. Last year they were that's supposed to be terrible and and played great. And now this year they're in the tank again. So we're <clears throat> weird baseball season right now, it's, except we know we only, it is kind of uh, depressing though, that uh, in the middle of May, you know, that uh, the Dodgers are going to win the world series. <laughs> right. <laughs> they might win 120 games. So it's, uh, it's just a absolute machine, but everything else is uh, kind of chaotic, but yeah, it's uh I mean, nobody's going to the Twins games yet. Their attendance is terrible. Right. It was kind of a nice weekend, but it was. You know, you gotta, you gotta get them interested. I guess you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make people believe that there's something going on here, and you you gotta get a stretch of, you know, good good weather too. I mean, weather, Friday opponents, Saturday yeah. was great, but uh, yeah, better opponents. But right now, I think. I think I looked the other day, they're like in the bottoms. Now, you can't even judge the home attendance from the previous home stands because the weather was so terrible, but they're in the bottom five or six or seven in attendance, which is amazing considering how many bad places there are right now for baseball, Oakland, of course, and Cincinnati and places like that. Cincinnati. They're they're below Cincinnati right now. They're 24th. Cincinnati's 23rd. Yeah. And Cincinnati has done everything they can to anger the oh, yeah. They were close. What did they? What are they doing? Why did they decide to stink? Why money. Did they I bet. I bet it's money. I'm sure. Well, they must have some cheap. I didn't. That unmarked shot died. I, you know, she was still owning them. For God's sakes, it's unbelievable uh, what they've done. They've ruined that. They've ruined that market too. So yeah. they want to stadium and the Bengals want a new stadium and they that cheap place they're not neither of them is going to well if the Bengals might because they're you know right now they're coming out of the Super Bowl but the Reds have no chance to get a new stadium I was talking to somebody though there's a there's big hope that Oakland announces in the middle of the summer they're moving to Vegas oh really <clears throat> be, yeah Vegas is going to give them free land and pay for 
half the stadium and and uh, you know their their farm club is there and they got a 12,000 seat stadium they could play in for a couple of years while they wait to build the stadium in Vegas so uh, they got to get out of Oakland I mean there's they're the number two team in that market nobody they they managed to anger everybody they've had two crowds in two thousands this year so I've been to a couple minor league games in Vegas on weekend excursions there. One of them was an afternoon game yeah. in July. It is the hottest baseball game you'll ever go to because that is not, I mean, it's because it's minor leagues. That is not any sort of uh, retractable roof situation. Those are the hottest games you will ever go to. Uh, they uh, So the guy I was talking to said they'd have to play all night games in the yeah, summer. they have all to. the summer. <laughs> And even if you, you know, even if you got some team coming in that's got to fly somewhere, tough bananas, we got to play at seven thirty at night. So, but you know, I mean, baseball's got baseball's just they got some places right now that have turned into disasters, and they got to do something about it. It's interesting. Uh, I want to get to horse racing in the links here in a minute, but interesting that the Twins brought up. Jose Miranda about a week ago and they didn't bring him up to sit. He'd been playing. He's been playing yes. every game. Um, you know, hasn't hit a ton. He did have a RBI double yesterday, had a home run on Friday. I think he's only like five for four for 26 so far, but putting the ball in play only one strikeout in those 26 at bat. So they they brought him up to hit. He couldn't outrun me. He's no. slow. As, uh, he's slow as can be. He's a big kid. Yes. I, I think he's not, He's not comfortable at all, though, because I've been watching. He's been taking first pitch, hit me pitches, and getting behind in the count. He reminds me of Buxton five years ago, you know. Sure. Hit that pitch, but he's a, he's also a guy who doesn't strike out, so I guess he likes to, you know, look look at a pitcher before he swings the bat. But uh, uh, twice I've seen him take a a fastball right down the pipe for strike one in an RBI situation. And I said, this is stupid. Hit that pitch, but he can hit. I think he can hit and it, it will really be interesting. Uh, they got some decisions to make here, but the fact that they're so left-handed probably means he's going to be around at least until, you know, I don't know if Sano's, you know, maybe in August though. To have had him rehab and gone somewhere, I don't think there's any hurry to get him back. So no, I, I, I don't know, but yeah, the Miranda's could probably be around because he's a right-handed hitter and they need one. Yeah, let's talk horse racing quick here. Um, unbelievable, Rich Strike, <laughs> just out of nowhere, just what? Horse could have been running in a in a in a. $25,000 race in Canterbury and you wouldn't have picked it. Wasn't even supposed to be there. It's like a late scratch. He gets into yeah. the gets into the race and then all of a sudden um, uh, wins the thing. Rocket. It's a rocket. Our guy, I thought our guy Zandon was going to win. Maybe yeah. I know, Epicenter looked pretty good and all of a sudden this thing comes down the rail and bursts out in the middle and it was flying and of course, then after the race, he's trying to attack the the outrider pony yes. there, and it makes you nervous. Yes, you're nervous to see that kind of. I don't know enough about horse racing to know if this is common to see a horse crazy, but the guys on TV seemed upset by it. You know, yeah, Rico and the guys talking about it, they seemed upset about. You know, I've never seen a horse act like this. 
And after last year, we all want to wait for the drug test. But uh, but if if he does, if he's the winner, eighty-one to one, unbelievable. The, uh, the exacta paid forty-one hundred. See the super superfecta paid like three hundred and ten thousand. Yes, and the but the exacta is with the winner, right? Yeah. The, so the so the second horse is the favorite. The second, I mean, with the favorite, the second horse is the favorite. So this it's a $4,100 exacted ticket. Now what happens a lot is guys bet tickets with the favorite and then put everybody second, you know, make that, that sure. put everybody there to hit the exacta. So that wouldn't have paid obviously, because him, you know, the fact that rich strike, uh, rich strike, right. I can't remember. Yes. Rich strike. Yeah. That, that the fact that horse run one, he had, you had to have him on top. So, Anyway, it was amazing. It was a great race too. I mean, just a fast yeah. race. It was, you know, they were flying around the track and you're right. I thought Zanon was going to do it. It was, you know, Zanon and Epicenter down the, down the uh-huh. stretch and, <laughs> until Rich Strike just like came out of nowhere. They, sh- I kept watching on Twitter. They kept showing the, the overhead angle of where he came from in the last, you know, quarter, yeah. half mile. And it was, just, it, was it was nowhere near. Oh, no, no, it was, uh, it was incredible. And I was, uh, I'm having been at events that, you know, on deadline was shocking finishes. I felt sorry for Rachel covered it. I said, all of a sudden, I mean, it's a great thing to write, but you have to get your composure back and say, what the hell just happened? Right. Right. Like the thing. It's like, ah, you know, where did this come from? It was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. There's uh, no doubt about it. It was, but they. It took a while for the the uh, track announcer was really good, and the uh, and everybody else to realize who the hell it was. Right, <laughs> which person it was that was coming along the rail, and and those owners, you know, those owners just looked like a couple of schleps, you know, just flopping <laughs> from somewhere, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know what? And we all think that this is exciting when you're mm-hmm. at the track. But Lavelle wrote this. I saw Sunday and everybody. The crowd is mad when a horse like this wins. Because, yeah. I mean, they it's a thrill. I was there when he won. But nobody collects a ticket. Nobody right. wins. That's why, you right. know, people are there because they want to cash a ticket a lot. Right. I mean, a lot of them are there to drink and everything. But sure. you're still... You know, yeah, I mean, everybody who has their Zandon tickets out of Canterbury was mad, right? Yeah, <clears throat> unless they had him to show, you know, yeah. which probably was not a very fun ticket to cash. Probably won like no. $3 on the $2 bet, so. Yeah, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was amazing. But it's, uh, you know, horse racing needs conversation, and this certainly will be it. Let's hope it remains a great conversation. I want, I, I got news you think they're going to have the guts to have this horse show up at the Preakness? I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. You won't even be able to find him with binoculars for God's sakes. If he runs against these guys again, he's not, you know, for the second race of the stand of the, uh, of the triple crown, Mm -hmm. he's not chase away many horses. No, (laughs) no, that's for sure. Sometimes when you see that dominant derby horse, about like eight of them say the hell with it. We're not like, going. Nah, we're not going to go and, there. And this is rich strike is not going to chase anybody off. That's for sure. 
Let's talk links quick before we get out of here, Patrick. They're in trouble. They're 0-2. I know they started 0-4 last year and turned it around in big in a big way. But I just I look at this team right now. They have obviously Kaylin McBride not playing yet. She's still overseas. They got to get some players healthy and back in there. But as con- currently constructed, lost 78-66 to Washington in home opener on Sunday had lost already to Seattle. Um, Four points in the second quarter. Four points in the second quarter. I scored 23 to four in the second quarter. It's almost like they were the Wolves playing in the fourth quarter. Well, Sylvia is old. Yeah. Old and injured many injuries. Uh, They don't, as Sue Ann wrote it today, they don't really have a point guard. And, uh, you know, Rachel Bantam, God love her. She's not the answer. And, uh, you know, they should have gotten my gal, who they're going to be playing Tuesday night, my f- new favorite women's basketball player, Destiny Henderson, yeah. is, <clears throat> is playing for uh, Indiana. Six o'clock game. I'm going to watch because I love that. You know. That's right. She was great in that national title game. And she ate everybody's lunch and enjoyed it. But uh, she's from the fort, too. She's a Fort Myers kid. And but they need somebody. They need a, I, I don't know. There's no fresh talent there right no. now. I mean, there's nothing, nothing. They're old. And, uh, well, they, they cut the rookie of the year from two years ago, Crystal Dangerfield, who happens to be a point guard. And they also cut Laisha Clarendon, who's also a point guard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the, the one of them was injured, right? One of them was injured or Clarendon had yeah, some Clarendon had a little something going on injury wise. Yes. So, and maybe, you know, maybe well, at some point that changes, but going to try to bring her back or something. I, I don't know. Who was the other one that cut the other guy? Dangerfield that cut right. Crystal Dangerfield. He's, I think she landed with Indiana. I Did might she? be wrong. Okay. No, I mean, I yeah, she was, she was the one that kind of saved their season two years ago when she was rookie of the year after being a second round pick, but she kind of fell out of favor last year and then it gets cut this year. Uh, Lakes fans are funny though. I, I ripped uh, Cheryl that she, her emergency player should have been Maya Moore instead of, <laughs> instead of they didn't get, they don't get the joke on Twitter. You know, they don't get the joke. I realize Maya's not going to come back. Right. As player it always gives me a chance to point out that they have won 42 playoff games in their history 40 with maya yeah one one since she left bit of a difference maker she was she was lebron you know she was was the wnba's version of lebron and yeah it's uh i mean the league's only a 12-team league and who knows a couple of players could make it i think mcbride's really good so yeah will help but if nafisa uh decides that she wants to keep the baby at home for a couple of the last couple of months of the year maybe that'll maybe that'll help too but i think they it looked like they had a crowd and they had a crowd they announced at eight thousand last yesterday was that right did you see so that? people people got interested in that. I mean, you know, they they've been in the playoffs eleven years in a row. So people they got a good they got a good fan base. I'm gonna look at their look look at the attendance right now. Yeah, eighty one hundred for that game. Yeah, that wasn't that was pretty good. But yeah, they had to be a you know four points in the second and quarter. Wow, I guess uh, uh, according to what I read today, uh, uh, Cheryl uh, blurted out uh, twenty three points 
late in the first half with an adjective. <laughs> <laughs> with a Tibbs type ad- adjective. I, I bet she did. I bet she's not happy right now. Isn't it amazing, though, how like uh, a week ago we were, well, not a week ago, man, but I guess more than a week ago, we were, we were into the wolves and wondering what yep. was going on. And what could they do it now they're just with all we got going on completely off the radar we yep. won't hear them until september probably. until the draft at least Not yeah free agency <clears throat> it know, is amazing that thing kind of died quicker than it should have because uh, they uh you know this this was a historic flop in my opinion yeah. and it, you know some of the, the, the fact that no other team had lost the double digit lead and twice in a series and they did it three times show offs <laughs> let's keep let's keep giving them attention for that incredible failure uh we do have a draft choice this year though right yes yep get a I card think it's, oh, it's so late probably what 20th like, i think it's like 19th yeah 19th or 20th something like that well maybe you can give the expiring contract and move uh, you know and somebody else and move up and get a guard they need a guard too both both our uh, professional basketball teams need a guard. So. Yes, they do. All righty, sir. All Good right. times talking today. We'll talk next week. All right. Bring on the Astros. Goodbye.